2: And around the country, this is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Speeder, what's up? I want to give a congratulations
3: to my cousin, Sophia. She graduated from her college, Fashion Institute in New York. She's been studying fashion for the last five years there and very passionate what she does and congratulations to her and also give a shout out to a guy that was on our show a couple months ago Ben Heller of the Tampa Bay Rays got promoted to the Major League roster after another pitcher was designated for assignment so he is on the best team in baseball the Tampa Bay Rays
2: congratulations to our friend Benny but before we get into our show I just want to give a shout out to one of the greatest singers to ever sing in rock pop whatever you want to call it Tina Turner passed away this past week at the age of 83 years old one of the greatest voices, one of the greatest songs, Simply the Best. I mean, it was a song that I grew up to and, and a song that I always had the goosebumps when I heard it before hockey games, before I played any sports. I used to listen to that song. That was one of the songs. Metallica, Simply the Best, with Tina Turner and Guns N' Roses, but one of the greatest singers of this era, one of the greatest singers of all time. She will be missed. May she rest in peace to her and her family, her kids. It's sad. It happens in threes. My mom always told me that, and my father, used to always tell me that Jim Brown passed away. It's not something that you want to think about, losing somebody like that, not only in the music world, but somebody that you always looked up to. So Tina Turner, may she rest in peace. We have a great show lined up for you guys a little bit later in the show. We'll be talking to Sports Illustrated senior host, He used to be on ESPN, CBS, you name it. Now he's a Sports Illustrated host, senior host, Robin Lumberg. Looking forward to having him on the show. That'll be fun. NBA, could the Knicks trade for Joel Embiid? It could happen. Will it happen? Probably not. LeBron James considering retirement. What a shameless move. What a stupid move he made after getting swept by the Denver Nuggets. It was all about Denver, and then he put it all on himself. And then his son speaks out the other day saying that his father is 65% moving towards considering retirement. I don't believe it. So did Aaron Rodgers, and look where he is now. Well, he was at 90%. Yeah. He said 90%, and then all of a sudden he went into the dark, and then that 10% turned into 100 100% he's playing for the Jets. I don't believe that, by the way. Carmelo Anthony retires. Uh, we will get into Carmelo Anthony's career with the Knicks should his jersey be retired. NBA playoff updates as the Celtics are seeming to get closer into making this a series with Miami. It was 3-0. Now it's 3-2. Denver sweeps, so they'll be waiting for the winner. So the longer, the better it is for, I think, the Celtics and the Miami Heat as well because the longer Denver waits, I know everybody thinks that... it's better for them and they're healing up it also throws them off I don't think it benefits the Denver Nuggets waiting this long Clark Schmidt latest Yankee pitcher involved in the sticky substance controversy interesting story Luis Savarino says he doesn't like the idea of having robotic umpires I'm not surprised he would open his mouth after coming back from his injury the Jets linked to DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans stupid move if they think that this betters their team moving forward it doesn't they need to sign Quinn Williams. Stop with Mike Evans. Stop with DeAndre Hopkins. It doesn't make any sense for this team. Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard suffer minor injuries at the Jets OTAs. I don't know why people are making this a story. Maybe because the Jets are quote-unquote jinxed? I think it's ridiculous. Brian Dable says he won't talk contracts with Saquon Barkley. The reason why he's not going to talk is because they're probably going to trade him. It doesn't make any sense why they would keep him if they don't want to sign him. There's a lot of questions to what the Giants are doing Joe Shane is doing with the whole Saquon Barkley thing, but to make sure that this moves forward, I would just trade him. Send him somewhere where you can get something for him either to help you this year or help you next year or whatever. Do something. NHL News Panthers advance to the Stanley Cup. The Dallas Stars get some life. I don't think a lot of life, but they make the series three games to one. I don't think this series is going past five. Moneyline Mania with Chaz and the Boys and Crunch Time a little bit later in the show as well. So, a lot to get into. So, the Knicks have been the story of New York because the Rangers stunk. The Islanders get eliminated in the first round, too. Baseball right now is in the beginning stages. Football, OTAs, the draft has passed, so there's really nothing to talk about. The Knicks has been center stage for New York sports since they made the playoffs. They finally move out of the first round into the second round. They lose against Miami. Gave them a great war, a challenge. Oh, actually, Jalen Brunson gave them a good challenge. <laughs> the team didn't give much of anything, but they have something to look forward to to in the offseason they actually have a player they can build their team around the last time they had this was carmelo anthony but carmelo anthony wasn't a winner i think jalen brunson is a winner and i think he could get this team to an eastern conference championship i think he could get this team to an nba championship if he has the right pieces around him and right now they don't mitchell robinson is a nice player but can't stay healthy R.J. Barrett is a nice player, but he can't shoot. And we all know what Julius Randle is, the bricklayer himself. He's an all-NBA player in a regular season, and for some reason, in the playoffs, the guy doesn't show up. Emmanuel Quigley is a nice player. He was runner-up for six-man the year. Great. Is that as far as he's going to go? Obi Toppin? Nice player. How many air balls did he shoot against Miami? They were horrible as one of the best rebounding teams in the NBA all season long against Miami and G League players, two of them to be exact, to be out-rebounded by a team that didn't even have two of their best players playing in that series. Tyler Hero being one of them. That was embarrassing. So what do the Knicks do in the offseason? Is Tom Thibodeau staying? Do they bring in a Nick Nurse or a Budenholzer? Have they gone as far as they can with Tom Thibodeau? I think they have. Does Leon Rose believe that? I don't know. We haven't heard from him, and we might not hear from him this offseason. It seems like Tom Thibodeau was coming back for one more year. I think Leon Rose had a fantastic offseason last year. They didn't draft anybody. They thought they were going to get one of these picks from Dallas, from Charlotte, from Detroit, and it all gets screwed around with because they were protected picks, which I don't understand. This Joel Embiid story, is a story. And I'll tell you why. James Harden is not coming back to Philadelphia. He's opting out of his player option. Doc Rivers is gone. I think the time that the 76ers had a chance to win is over. And I think Joel believes that too. Joel is getting up there in age. He's been fighting injury. He won his first MVP this year. As that's what he only wanted to do because he was crying about that for the last two years that he should have been winning. And then finally wins one. And he's the only player in NBA history to win an MVP and not get into an Eastern or Western Conference final. So good for him. I believe he thinks that he could be a missing piece to an organization and a team that can use a player of his talents. The Knicks, over the last couple of years, are looking for that superstar. They found one in Jalen Brunson, but they need a number two or even a number one that can be the Batman or the Robin to Jalen Brunson and then have all the other pieces work in to this team. The question is, is Philadelphia willing to trade him one? And two, what do the Knicks have to give up to get him? Because if you bring in Joel Embiid and you have to give away two or three three of your young, talented players on your roster now and then have to give away picks, you put your team and you set your team back because you still need depth and you don't have it then. One of the strengths for the New York Knicks this year was depth. And I think trading away Fournier, and I think they'll do that this offseason, Derrick Rose retiring, I could see all this stuff happening. What I don't see what's going to happen is Joel Embiid coming to the Knicks because I think the Knicks could set themselves even better in the offseason next year because Giannis could opt out of his player option So he could be free. They can wait for that. They can have another year with the great Julius Randle, who just completely stinks in the playoffs, and maybe try to go as far as they can another year with them. They can bring in a free agent that can help out and maybe give them a little bit more depth to this roster. They can bring in Bridges, who could opt out of his player option going into this offseason, which a lot of people believe he will. And if he does, he's another Villanova alumni, a guy that knows Jalen Brunson, knows Hart, who the Knicks will probably re-sign. They could bring a Villanova all-world team together.
3: Hire Jay Wright as your next coach, if that's the case. <laughs> well,
2: maybe. You bring in Bridges to this team with Brunson and Hart. You have the veteran slash young talent that could help you get over the hump. I think Bridges could be the missing piece. And you don't have to give up anything. And you don't have to throw away talent for Bridges if he becomes available. And everything that I've heard, I believe he will not take his player option. So, is Joel Embiid the real missing piece to this team? Or do they just need another player that is strong in certain aspects of the game that can help out on the defensive side of the ball and the rebounding side of the ball and give you 18 19 points which you could use to win moving forward for this New York Knicks team and that's the process that I think is going
3: to be very flawed for the Knicks in terms of just trying to pursue Joel Embiid because we've seen the Knicks go all in on one free agent and not have a backup plan when they don't get him we saw that with LeBron James when he first went to Miami the Knicks were the key for them they ended up getting Amari Stoudemire which was nice but they went all in on LeBron and it didn't work and we've seen that with the Knicks many times and now with all these trade scenarios that are out there. It's not just Joel Embiid. It's like you said, Giannis. It could be Luka Doncic. Could be LeBron
2: James this offseason. Right.
3: I wouldn't want that but it could be LeBron. Zach Levine that could be available. There's other options that are there where the Knicks are still build rather than just trying to wait on Joel Embiid who is still injury prone. He is 29 years old so he's still in the prime of his career. But is a guy that's disappeared in many playoff games before too. Like there's a reason he's not in the conference finals. Yes, some of it is James Harden still. Is this that guy you really want the true winner to go along with that? Because you were talking about earlier. Carmelo Anthony not being a winner he couldn't really carry that older Knicks team in his prime. Jalen Brunson's a winner? Yes. Is Joel Embiid that same guy? I don't know. I think the Knicks are better off waiting for somebody like Giannis or Luka Doncic, where I think they'll have more leverage in trade negotiations.
2: And now I'm hearing that the Blazers could be interested in trading for Mikkel Bridges and give up their third pick. I can't see it. That's too much. I don't think the Nets are willing to trade Mikkel Bridges. I think Mikkel Bridges would be perfect for the Knicks. He would be everything you're looking for for the Knicks. He'd be that missing piece. And He's not a superstar, but he's building to be a star in this league. What did with the Suns and now what he did with the Nets when he went there. So, this Joel Embiid thing I don't think is going to happen. The Luka Doncic thing makes a lot of sense, but is Mark Cuban willing to trade him? Giannis is the guy. Giannis is the guy that can opt out of his player option next year. He can go anywhere he wants next year if he opts out is he willing to leave Milwaukee if the Knicks bring in Budenholzer which he was not happy that they dropped him if the Knicks bring in Budenholzer that could definitely draw Giannis to come and play in New York I don't see anything happening yet but Leon Rose might have something up his sleeve I've been hearing always Carl Anthony Towns I think Carl Anthony Towns is a great player I don't even know if he's taking his talents to that next level I think if he goes to another organization he might be able to do that because he's got all the talent in the world the guy can't stay healthy and he's not a winner he hasn't won with Minnesota Soda. They've had a tremendous amount of talent over there, and they can't win.
3: They're turning into a team that is the hype team on paper, kind of like the Sixers with MB at the beginning of his career. They're supposed to be the team of the future. Now the Sixers have had more success than the Timberwolves, but still, they're kind of thought of in similar lights because of that, and you want to take a chance with a player like Towns trading all that draft stock because of it.
2: Carmelo Anthony announces in his Twitter video that he is retiring after 20 years in the NBA. Melo, along with LeBron James, were the last two remaining players in the NBA from the draft of 2003 Melo was a free agent this season but did not end up playing 10 time all star 6 time all NBA player and won the scoring title in 2012 2013 season Melo averaged 22.5 points per game 6.2 rebounds per game 2.7 assists per game shooting at a 44.7% field goal percentage 35.5 3 point percentage and a 81.5 free throw percentage Melo spent 7 and a half years with the Nuggets before he was traded to the Knicks in 2011, Melo is the 11th highest scoring player in NBA history with a total of 28,289 points in his whole career. Somebody reached out to me on social media and asked me, do you think Melo's jersey, his number 7 in New York, should be raised in the New York Knicks, Madison Square Garden rafters? And my answer is, absolutely. He was the captain, he was the face of the organization for almost a decade. And that says something. You look at all the greats, all the great players that played here in New York, and not many of them, when they played for a decade or played in the important times where this team was sensational, their names are in the rafters. Carmelo was the face of the New York Knicks. It's not Jeremy Lin. It wasn't Amari Stoudemire, even though he could have been. He was the first guy brought here to draw free agents to come and play here. It was Carmelo. He was everything to the Knicks. He was everything to the fans. Even when he goes to Madison Square Garden to watch a Knicks game, or even go to a Ranger game, which we've seen him there. The fans love him. I think that Carmelo Anthony never got the respect that he really deserved here in New York. I really do believe that. A lot of people were really, really hard on him. Kevin Gurnett was. He wanted to eat his life like Cheerios.
3: Yeah, and especially towards the end of his career, too. Now, the NBA is a little different where it's relying more on efficiency. So Carmelo Anthony started as a younger player in today's game, might have had to be a different player. But even so, that's no reason to blame him for the dysfunction that happened in the 2010s New York Knicks mm. between the bad coaching, the bad contracts, Phil Jackson's egregious contracts and his running his mouth and blaming Carmelo Anthony for everything and all the stuff with poor Zingas. That stuff does not go down on Carmelo Anthony. And for any team, no matter who you root for, if you're a top five player in your organization's history, you deserve to have your number retired. And is Carmelo the greatest Nick of all time? No. But is he a top five player in Knicks history? Absolutely. You could say Patrick Ewing, Clyde
2: Frazier. The Th- that- Busscher. Willis Reed.
3: Is there anyone that distinguishingly more than those four players? No, there isn't. A lot of the other guys that did well in those 90 Knicks teams, they got from other teams. They weren't lifelong Knicks. Now, Carmelo wasn't a homegrown Knick either. He was there for seven years, though. So there for like, almost a decade. Somebody who's playing at an elite level, a top 10, 15 player in the NBA for seven years, deserves to be in the rafters. So the fact that that's even a thought of by Knicks fans is just
2: egregious. Yeah, well, we're here in New York, and <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised anybody would say something like that. But NBA playoff update. It's Denver, they completely rocked LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and that silly Lakers team. I have to give them a lot of credit. I never thought they were going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. It was no. very surprising. Congratulations to them. I don't think LeBron wants to hear it as he comes out after he gets swept by the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. LeBron mentions that he is considering retirement and ruining anything that the Nuggets respectfully deserved after sweeping the LA Lakers. And by the way, it was only the second Time LeBron James has ever been swept. And the first time he was swept, it was in the NBA Finals against the Spurs. That's an unbelievable feat that you see a guy like the Joker and Murray and Porter they deserve a lot of credit knocking off LeBron James because LeBron James doesn't go out the way he went out in this series so I'm so disgusted the way LeBron James really throws things out there he could have said something at the end of the season after the playoffs were over when the NBA draft was over he could have came out and said you know what I'm considering retirement I'm not sure if I want to play anymore but instead he did it right after the game because he wanted to be the story we always talk about these athletes all the
3: time that just want to be the ones that seek out the attention. You said it a couple days ago on the Sports Lab Mouse, newsworthy athletes. Yep. They want to make themselves the focal point that everyone wants to talk about. And LeBron is the literal king of that kind mm-hmm. of thing because the Denver Nuggets are an organization that has never made an NBA Finals. They made four conference finals. They've lost all of them. Three of them, oddly enough, to the Lakers, including one three years ago. Let them have their moment. Why are you talking about this now? Let the Joker, Jamal Murray Porter, all these guys celebrate. Enjoy it for the city. Enjoy it for the organization that's been struggling with it for a while to get there and you're trying to make it all about yourself for something that's going to be talked about all offseason. No matter where you go, whether you stay with the Lakers, whether you get traded, whether you retire, it's going to be a story for three months. It doesn't have to start now.
2: No, it doesn't, but LeBron James likes to open <laughs> his mouth and spread holiday cheer. Even though the holiday's not around, he makes it his holiday. It's LeBron, as I call the NBA the LBA. LeBron Basketball Association. Sorry. good name. Congratulations to LeBron James for ruining any thought that Denver was the fate. Of the NBA moving forward this season. As far as the Heat and the Celtics, I have to give the Celtics a lot of credit. When they were down and out, they were down 3-0. They gave their team some life. Tatum and Brown and everybody on this team is giving everything they can to come back in the series. They are now down three to two. They won back-to-back games. They're heading back to Miami this weekend. The questions could only be answered by the Celtics. If they somehow come out and win game number six, I think the Celtics come back They're one of very few teams that will come back from a 3-0 deficit, especially in the NBA. It would be a crazy story, and I won't hear the end of it from all the Boston fans. I hope it doesn't happen, but can it happen? Anything's possible. Yeah, it
3: depends on the consistency of their three-point shooters, because they're relying it on a lot in this series, because the Celtics are trying to play smaller. That was their adjustment that Missoula made in game four. They didn't play Robert Williams a lot. They didn't play Al Horford a lot. They played Horford as the center in a lot of smaller lineups, and they're trying to get their three-point shooting prowess going because they are knowing that they cannot attack inside and they've been afraid to attack inside in a lot of these games, too. And we know Jason Tatum's big. He's 6'10". He should be able to attack inside, but not able to. And as a result, all their star players have been inconsistent. But, at the same time, we talk about all the time in Miami. Their offense shouldn't have been as good as they were in certain playoff games this year. And finally, they're hitting an offensive slump where they scored less than 100 points in both the last two games. So, can the Celtics keep it going And their defense play like? If they should. That's another question. If they can win game six, I agree with you. They'll complete the sweep of winning game seven, which will be the first one in NBA history, by the way. We've seen teams in other sports do it baseball, hockey, but never in the NBA.
2: When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, our special guest, we will be talking to Sports Illustrated senior host Robin Lumberg here on the Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the weekend crunch. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy. PD remember you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports E Magazine and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Check out the Worldwide Sports Radio website by going to worldwide Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the sports slamouts, which airs every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Great shows, great content, and great guests. Listen to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network live every single week by going to our website, WorldwideSportsRadio.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we are now speaking to Sports Illustrated senior host Robin Lundberg. How are you, Mr. Daddy?
1: Are you calling me Daddy? No, I'm not calling you, you Daddy. You're a dad. I am a father of three. I go, uh, Ron, Ronnie and Rohan. You dad.
2: want me to call you Daddy? You're a dad. You look like you're... A very happy dad. You praise your kids all over social media all the time, and it's great to see And I'm not a father yet, but we're the same age. You're a little bit older than I am, but I could only imagine experiencing the opportunity to watch my kids play sports. You did post up something recently about your son hitting a shot. It must be amazing being a dad and getting the opportunity to watch your kids play sports.
1: I never envisioned life, and it's like, I'm going to be a dad just to happen, and there's all these magical moments. Right now, my life is I'm either working or at a kid's activity. There (laughs) is no in-between. Just now, I just came from his basketball game. He plays on this travel basketball team called the, the Silverbacks and he got a rebound shot it back up hit the shot and he usually hustles back on defense but this time he <laughs> turned looked me dead in the eyes and
2: I had the opportunity to watch my nephew play and my nephew plays baseball and my sister keeps saying he gotta come and watch he's getting better he actually hits the ball now and I'm like oh wonderful I gotta go watch my nephew play but as you are I'm very busy but happy to be here happy that you're on you're a very busy guy you're working for Sports Illustrated congratulations on that and for your career CBS and ESPN and the growth of your career it's been absolutely amazing and what is the difference between working for cbs and espn and now working for sports illustrated
1: every company has its own idiosyncrasies its own politics its own mission statement one of the things about espn is it's very much machine you're promoting the machine and i was also at espn at a time before a little bit of the evolution in how things went. The show when I was very young that I did with Max Kellerman was kind of Lebitard-esque <laughs> before that sort of style blew up. I was always in the principal's office. There's frustration there, at various points. I'm still thankful I got so many reps doing radio there and ESPN's the biggest name in sports, so no ill will. There's been a lot of turnover at SI since I've been there, but the one thing that's been consistent is I've always had kind of creative freedom in most regards, which is a cool thing. It's also a different medium that I'm doing because it's videos there back when i was hosting si now the daily live talk show now it's post pandemic a lot of short clips that i'm doing that are edited and can be impactful so it just depends on different consumption methods different formats hit people in different ways that's a quick scroll and you i like that i do radio for serious now mad dog and there's a different vibe doing radio where you're calling live and yep. talking to the listeners and all that so been able to run the gamut writing too sometimes it's a little bit of a gift and the curse because i'm good at all that it can be that jack of all trades master mm. of sensei as far as being able to have done pretty much everything even stand-up comedy back in the day which prepared me for on stage speaking definitely appreciative of the journey right like it's it's not the destination it's the journey Mm. so definitely appreciative of that
3: so i see you have a sports illustrated chosen one lebron james photo and uh, he's making some headlines potentially (laughs) announcing retirement do you actually believe that and if you don't what do you think is next for him
1: i think he doesn't know i think that was relatively honest lebron look is a drama queen in a certain sense Mm. and likes to manipulate the media and all that but people are so cynical about him because we've covered him every day for so long i think ever since he went to miami in 2010 that sort of combined with social media exploding and daily Debate, talk shows exploding. So people have heard about LeBron and his every move, his legacy debated every day since then. Sometimes he does stuff that brings attention to himself, but sometimes it's to no fault of his own. People just hear about it so mm. much, it elicits a certain emotional reaction. The guy's 38 years old in his 20th season. I would bet money he's going to have foot surgery to repair his foot. So he's got to think about the rehab of that, how long he's going to be out from that. He was competing his tail off in those games, exhausted, trying to do everything. I think after it, it was a long season, he's old, he's got the miles on the tire, and he's got to think about the possible rehab. So I think there might be a period of time where he's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we know Tom Brady had a pump fake retirement. In <laughs> came back for the year. <laughs> but nobody thought Tom Brady was retiring when he did. I don't think it's just nonsense. I have Followed LeBron's career closely, and I think he's the greatest of all time. I mean, wow. speaking of the SI job, I got that job in many ways because 4:44 album, Jay Z and LeBron. It's like the speech I was meant to give the second day I was there. I think I did a LeBron is the best basketball player of all time take before the Jordan and LeBron argument was all. This was in 2017, or it was all over the place, and it started with a Jay Z quote. As I'm a big Jay fan, and Cove got flow though. He's no big in pock but he's close. How am I supposed to win when they got me fighting ghosts or chasing <laughs> ghosts? And it did like eight million views. I was like, oh. Okay okay, I'm in good shape as far as that job opportunity goes. So (laughs) LeBron does hold a special place in that regard because I also remember going to watch his high school games when I was in college and that was before that was a thing. And I had my cynical hat on because I heard everybody hyping and I was like, I'm going to watch this and tell them (laughs) they're wrong. And I watched like five minutes and I was like, "Mm, yeah, they're right. Because you could see instantaneously, one, he was the most physically gifted human. No question. And two, he was a basketball genius. Like, you could see those two things right off the bat. So the only thing that mattered then was, did he have the work ethic and the drive? And he answered that as well. So when it's all said and done, LeBron's career, it's 1A, 1B, him and Michael Jordan now. He's either the greatest of all time or in the argument. And you can't be mad at that.
2: I would argue that too. LeBron is right there, right behind Michael Jordan. I think Michael Jordan, he was just fearless. And and the way he played the game, it was just unbelievable. But LeBron James has had a fantastic career, 20 years dominance. He's going to probably break every single record in NBA history by the time he's done, if he plays longer, as he is coming out saying he's considering retirement. I don't believe it. We are talking to Sports Illustrated senior host Robin Lumberg. This is the first time in NBA and NHL history that all the series went to a 3-0. The Knights and Dallas, 3-0. The Florida Panthers series, 3-0 with the Hurricanes. And then in the NBA, the Nuggets, 3-0. Miami was up 3-0. Are you surprised the dominance of all these series in these sports?
1: Not really. Sometimes a sweep can be slightly deceiving in the Sense that the nuggets are a better team than the Lakers clearly and that's why they swept them. but a lot of those games are close and one thing swings it the other way and all of a sudden it's a five game series and then is it really a difference between a four game and a five game series right. when it all is said and done you do tend to think the best teams are going to be playing and, and I do think the best teams were playing but we're finding out the nuggets were number one for a reason in the West they just are one of those teams that looks like they got a shared goal shared vision and they're going for it. the other series in the Eastern Conference most people who I think would argue going in the Celtics were the more talented of course team, but Miami is playing locked in they're showing you what you can do with competitive spirit and sharing the basketball and being well coached and being led by a guy like Jimmy Butler who's playing as well if not better than anyone the three-point shot is such an equalizer in today's NBA that will determine a lot of I mean I think Boston won that game in large part because they hit their threes and Miami didn't and you see that happen a lot NHL's a little bit tougher just because I think there's a little bit more variance in the NHL no just because of randomness as of when a goal is scored about. Here mm-hmm. or whatever, and a goal is so important because there are fewer of them. Basketball game could be a 123 to 120, and uh-huh. the hockey game is three to two. Those goals are much more at a premium. And I think a lot more randomness factors into those than necessarily all the time superiority versus in a seven-game basketball series. I think you're almost always gonna know who the better team
3: is. The NBA draft, Victor Wembanyana, a lot of people think would be name, the best by prospect sense, LeBron. Do you see this kid being close to that kind of thing?
1: That's not really a burden that should put, be put on anybody's shoulders. You see why he's such a touted prospect. My fear with him would be injury. And I don't even like putting that out in the universe. But all those guys who are that tall, a lot of times they'll have a foot injury or a knee injury. I mean, we just saw Chet Holmgren, similar build, have a foot injury. Joel Embiid, even, and not quite a similar build, but came into the league foot injury. Yao Ming had injuries like that. A lot of guys like that. So that would be my biggest concern. I have no concern about his ability. Seven foot four, handle the rock, can shoot the ball, can defend in space at the rim. It's a little tougher for a big man maybe to be heralded in the same way as somebody who's bringing the ball up the floor. But I don't want to say he's going to be as, good as LeBron but you understand why he's been looked at as a number one pick since anyone got a look at him <laughs> he's very
2: highly touted. fantastic specimen I saw clips of him on YouTube because you really can't get a chance to see him because he plays in France the guy was like seven foot four at the age of 15 he's always been bigger and his skills of handling the ball they are saying he handles the ball like a point guard we see what Jokic is doing if he can do that just as good as Jokic he's one of the top four players in the league we are talking to Sports Illustrated senior host Robin Lumberg to the Jets the The NFL has been the talk here of New York. And after the season, the number one thing everybody was talking about is, where is Aaron Rodgers going? Is he retiring? Is he staying with Green Bay? Is he going to San Francisco? But he came out on the Pat McAfee show, which blew Pat McAfee up and probably got him his contract, by the way. Congratulations to Pat McAfee. Aaron Rodgers is now a New York Jet. He did have a little bit of a setback, calf injury, but he says it's nothing. And uh, it seems like what Robert Sala said this week, is says that The Jets are one of six to eight teams that has a chance to win a Super Bowl this year. What were your thoughts when Aaron Rodgers was traded to the New York Jets? And do you think the Jets are one of the clear favorites of going to the Super Bowl this year?
1: The NFL, there's a lot of teams. And it's a league known for parodies. I wouldn't say the Jets are a clear favorite when they're in the same conference as the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. Same division with some good teams. The Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, competitive team. But if Aaron Rodgers is playing up to close to his prime level... He had a residency in the playoffs and you don't make the Super Bowl without making the playoffs. It's tough to have to see how he looks. You have to see how they look against a tougher schedule. Their schedule is going to be harder this year. My main takeaway right now, and this circles back to the beginning of the conversation when I was talking about how often LeBron is talked about. This is the caution for Jets fans. This team is going to be talked about a lot. Not just in New York and New York sports talk radio every day but nationally as well. They're the new shiny toy. You already got the ESPN reporters out at Florham Park. Every single game is going to be discussed by everybody. And that's the thing you got to like sort of mentally prepare for. As somebody who's rooted for the Brooklyn Nets, when you get caught up in championship or bust only, that doesn't lead to usually a fruitful existence. Not only the drama that was brought along by the guys that were on that team, but it feels like anytime anything bad happens, the whole sky is falling. I would take a step back in that regard and not just be like, oh, the Super Bowl and just hope the Jets win more games than they lose and wind up in the playoffs with a chance to roll. It.
3: Two quarterbacks got really big contracts this offseason, Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson, it took a bunch of pulling teeth for quite a while. Horrible what they've done to him, <laughs> Jalen Hurts Horrible getting it in his fourth year not even before his rookie contract expires so what do you think of those contracts and like the, the quarterback contracts and markets in general
1: Jalen Hurts's deal negotiated for Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. there was a reason bang bang like that that Lamar Jackson could have got the same deal he got minus a couple million little details months earlier that was a lot of drama over nothing I really think and he didn't have an agent so that's part of it but I don't think it's a coincidence the Hurts deal happens and then the Jackson deal happens because the Hurts deal set the market which sets the market for the Burrow deal which will be slightly more than the Hurts deal and then everyone will go oh Burrow is the highest paid player ever. So the next guy signs a deal and he becomes the highest paid player ever. Quarterbacks get paid. Their agents want to take a victory lap or whoever with the little differences in these deals. But basically, what you've now seen is that's the market value. Hell, Daniel Jones got a deal, maybe not quite there, but showed you what quarterbacks get paid. I'm not taken aback by any of that.
2: So interesting when you look at the NFL in the season, and one of the worst divisions in football was the AFC East. Now it's comparable to one of the best divisions in football. When you look at Buffalo and what Buffalo lost this offseason, what they've gained, do you think Buffalo is still the best team in this division?
1: If I'm picking going into the year, yes. Do I think that with stream no Jets, weren't that far off they added a quarterback Rogers gonna have to be healthy and play excellent but it's like pro wrestling rules the belt don't change hands by count out or disqualification it's gotta be pinfall or submission so I'm not just ripping it off the bills I'm starting thinking in the AFC it's Chiefs Bengals bills probably in that order
2: and then you look at Saquon Barkley he wants that 16 million the Giants offered him 14 with incentives and they gave Daniel Jones the extension I understand why Joe Shane decided to go that route because they're saving more money they wanted to pay Dexter Lawrence but Saquon Barkley is 78% of the Giants offense. He is everything to the offense and if he's not happy, he's going to the season he might not go to OTAs he might be so pissed off at the organization that he says just trade him. Hearing stories now there could be a possible move for him before the season starts. Where do you see this? Do you think this is the right move for the New York Giants?
1: Just like quarterbacks, there's a certain value on running backs. I don't know if there's any running backs I would consider special. Maybe McCaffrey because of his ability to catch the ball. I think the one thing Barkley has not evolved enough as is a pass catcher he should be a pass catcher with his ability to run guys over and make people miss in space i think that would really help him out he had a good year last year i just don't think running backs are at that much of a premium you know the test for that play fantasy football see a guy go down what's the first thing everybody does (laughs) <laughs> pick up their back if they don't even care who it is because they expect that player to at least produce with the volume because there's a lot of good running backs out there i think the most dangerous thing in the giants offense was actually daniel jones's legs i think what they really need is weapons for him we'll see how the waller thing turns out i think they drafted a receiver right because that's what i really think they need because you're just not gonna win if the running game is that large a share of your offense that's not how it works anymore
3: the Brooklyn Nets. I know you root for them. The so. Brooklyn Clowns, we call them. <laughs> all three of those former Nets—KD, Kyrie, and James Harden—all having interesting off seasons. So James Harden could leave Philly, Kyrie Irving could he leave Dallas, and Kevin Durant with the Suns. So what do you think about all those three of those? They're players? all going to the Rockets.
1: <laughs> James Harden is a triple quit player. Harden's a good ball distributor. He was great in his prime, as far as the kind of numbers he could put up, and carried Houston to the playoffs year in and year out. You got to give him credit for that. But he's not the same guy explosiveness wise. There's a reason his best games come after long layoffs in the playoffs. He's not not generally a great clutch big game performer I think mostly in large part because he doesn't have too much of an in-between game it's either the setback three or trying to get fouled not even necessarily attempting shots so he can go back to Houston that makes that trade very weird trade in Mm -hmm. the annals of history the Nets still owe the Rockets some draft capital so maybe Houston turns out long term the winners of that trade but I don't think Houston getting hardened back causes too many waves Kevin Durant when he played he would play the whole game sometimes Kevin Durant's one of the greatest players of all time the thing with KD is they played really well when he was the guy and the other guys weren't there but for some reason he just doesn't like that and as soon as there was some sort of adversity he decided he wanted to go somewhere else so more power to and we'll see if that works out i think they're in a tough spot because there's a new cba that was signed after that trade was made which makes it prohibitive to carry multiple big contracts on your cap they're capped out already they have no other draft picks they can trade because there's a rule where you can't trade your first round pick in back-to-back years So they already traded all their picks. They can't trade any first-round picks. Their biggest asset is probably DeAndre Ayton, whose value might be at its lowest. They're going to try and move Chris Paul, but he's 38 years old. So I'm not so sure how they improve, not to mention the fact that Kevin Durant is 35 years old, right around there, Mm -hmm. and misses half a season every season. His first year in Brooklyn, he didn't play. And then the next three years, he averaged 47 games a season. So I think that's actually the saving grace for the Nets, is that trade. I think that could go down as a time great kind of trade. If Mikael Bridges and Kevin Durant were to hit the open market this offseason, I don't know if there's that much difference in their value. Not saying Durant isn't better, but in their value, relatively speaking, given one guy plays every game and is 10 years younger and showed he was ready for more than we thought. Cam Johnson is a good basketball player and the four first round picks completely unprotected in the future, which... The Nets may look to flip. And then Kyrie, you can never blame one guy for a situation as complicated as that, but if there was a common denominator in every issue, it was Kyrie.
2: We are talking to Sports Illustrated senior host, oh, Robin Lumberg. Are you surprised when the stories are coming out now that Joel Embiid might want out? Giannis could be wanting out. Luka Doncic could want out. I wouldn't say Giannis isn't happy with Milwaukee, but he wants to win a championship again, and it doesn't look like it's going to be there. Joel Embiid, you could see he's not happy over there. And we've heard Luka Doncic say at the end of the season they they better do something because if they don't do something, I want out. Are you surprised that all three of these players could be playing for another team next year?
1: I don't think any of them are playing for another team next year. Joel Embiid got to take some accountability. It's always somebody else's fault. He breaks down every season and he comes up small in the playoffs. That's not new. Some of this is NBA media fault. And as a lifelong NBA fan, I've grown a little tired of it where it's just constantly about where this guy could try to force himself. I do think we're seeing a little bit of a change. Like I said, that new CBA, if you look at the playoffs this year, you know, it was as wide open. We've seen teams emerge as dominant, but going in, did you know who was going to win? There was a bunch of teams that you could have pointed to and said they got a chance. There wasn't these dominant super teams. So if any of those guys wind up somewhere else, I think it is further down the line. Maybe the Embiid situation could really swirl down the toilet because of Harden and various domino effects, but I doubt it. The Doncic situation, I think it would be closer to his contract being up. And Giannis is only a couple years removed from a title. So if I had to put chips in the middle of the table, I'm expecting all three of those guys on there. Interesting.
3: So I've seen a lot on your Twitter. Twitter about another situation that might be going down the toilet, and John Morant. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I hope he gets whatever help he needs or <laughs> finds whatever it is he's looking for. I don't know what's plaguing him. I just surmise. This is just me speculating that when there is behavior. Th- that self-destructive there's something beneath it whether it's emotional psychological whether it's substance abuse whether there's something beneath it because all he had to do was not go on instagram live holding a gun he already got in trouble for it It was dumb enough the first time he did it but then do it again i want to give him more credit than just being like a colossal moron (laughs) i'm concerned for a young man To throw his career, he already lost $40 million Uh in earnings that he could have got from not making an all NBA team. Nike could pull their deal. That's generational wealth. He's teetering on the brink of throwing it all away. And I don't want to see that for somebody who had so much promise, who's so talented and who's so young. I really do hope whatever is ailing him is alleviated because that's what I do suspect, that there's something going on underneath.
2: You were mentioning John Morant and what he's done over the last couple of years. He was playing a pickup basketball game and he pulled out a gun too. This is three times that he's done it. I believe that there are players that have had crazy careers in the NBA that he could reach out to or the Memphis Grizzlies. One of them is Ron Artest, who so many ups and downs for Ron Artest and he figured things out and maybe it was because of Kobe, him going to the Lakers. Maybe a new place would help him. Are you surprised that the NBA over the last couple of years have not been able to control some of the players out in the social media market?
1: I don't think it's been that bad. Kyrie like ja Irvin? Is, well, Kyrie is different. <laughs> right? like, he's different, alright. Kyrie is a <laughs> habitual line stepper as far as being a team arsonist, but he's not getting himself in trouble. And I guess Ja technically didn't break any laws, but I don't think it's a an NBA problem. I think you saw Adam Silver stunned that it happened again after he talked to Ja the first time. And I think in instances like this, two things need to happen. One, the people closest to you need to give you a reality check, whether it's your parents or your significant other or your brother, sister, or closest friend, whoever. And then two, you have to take personal accountability in one, it. Because everybody can say it to you, but if you're just going to ignore it, there's somebody else they can find that's going to want to hang around with John Morant and do whatever nonsense. So I think it's got to be a combination of those two things. And I'm rooting for him. Oh, right? it would be, be a tragic story if this was sort of the end of John Morant's career.
3: Moving on to some baseball, there's a lot of controversy, especially in New York, with all these sticky substances oh, suspensions. God, uh, now the Yankees called out for cheating when Aaron Judge was looking into the dugout. And just a lot of these issues and these rule changes that we've seen in baseball so far this season. What are your thoughts
1: on all that? I like most of the rule changes. I do think a pitch clock was the most no-brainer thing they could have done. Something about baseball and its culture lends itself to cheating. Maybe there's not motion, a lot of stopping, and so you have the downtime. It's also the sport where people sit there and spit. It's wired a little bit of a different way, but go way back to, I did a piece for SI on this before, and you can go way back to early 1900s. People were trying to steal signs from light poles and doing all sorts of stuff, so it's kind of woven into the fabric of baseball. Sign-stealing stuff with the technology should be dead. Sign-stealing itself isn't necessarily. Really breaking any rules. It was using technology to assist it, but that's just kind of par for the course and chalk it up to whatever the boys will be boys mm. culture of baseball that exists.
2: We really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. Enjoy going to sports games with your kids and watching your son play basketball. It's great. I love how you post things and I do follow you, so keep up the good work, my friend.
1: Alright, have a good one, guys. The great and
2: powerful ESPN, CBS, Sports Illustrated, Robin Lundberg. He's all over the place place, but he was great. LeBron the greatest of all time, that's how it ended up starting. Wow. Starting the he's...
3: debates before everyone else did apparently. I think he's
2: a little lost.
3: I know you will never believe that. Michael Jordan, I know you say he's the greatest athlete to ever play in any sport. He is the greatest <laughs> yeah. of
2: all greats, but hey, if you want to argue that LeBron James is the second greatest player of all time, then you can argue it, because I would agree with you on that, but to compare anybody to Michael Jordan is ridiculous. He could break every single record in basketball, football, baseball, and hockey. He's still not better than michael jordan anybody that believes that he is is lost when we come back we got chaz and the boys as we always do every single week we have money line mania here only on the weekend crunch we are back ladies and gentlemen this is the weekend crunch i'm your host daryl marks my co-host speedy Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time only on 103.9, the L.I. News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports E-Magazine and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Check out the Worldwide Sports Radio website by going to WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Check out all the shows throughout the week. They are live. Or you can check out any of the replayed shows on Apple Podcasts by going to Worldwide Sports Radio Network. 1.5 million downloads, and you can check out the Sports Loud which is live every single Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Only on the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Check out WorldWideSportsRadio.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we always have these guys on the show. If you're a handicapper, if you like to make money, you should be listening to this segment every single week. They are as good or even better as the top guys in Vegas. So now, ladies and gentlemen, we always call this segment Money Line Mania.
0: This is Moneyline Mania with Chaz and the crew.
2: Chazzy and his team of misfits. I'm just kidding, guys. But happy to have Chaz and his boys on. What's going on, boys?
0: I've been all right. So, struggling along. We're kicking on through the fall season here. It's kind of up, kind of down. Basketball playoffs have been nice. I think we're 6-3 and our last nine. Hockey's been even better. I think we're 14-5, and I think, our last 19 plays. So, we're doing well in hockey, doing well in the NBA. Again, all my plays at Vegas Insider and my Twitter, my sport, Johnny, Go check me out.
4: Pretty excited. I just said, I appreciate the pastries. I love cheese danish, so thank you for that. Those are excellent. Handicap the Indy 500. I'm excited, because I pretty much don't think during the World Cup for Under-20 soccer that handicap handicapping the Indy 500, because he's been giving me a lot of soccer plays.
5: Well, those are going great, especially the one that hit last week with the USA that scored in the last minute. Odds 8-1 to one in live play. Could you imagine 8-1? My friend was putting and putting and putting had 30 seconds left when it finally came out
4: and so what happens is paulo gives you out of plane it's minus 340. And you say, minus 340, you're out of your mind. I'm not laying 340 bucks just to win $100, right? What streak has, has he had with you?
5: I've actually hit a streak of 25 straight. Recently, my longest streak is 17 in a row. If I really focus, I can go up to 40, but then I burn out at 25. I can't do it after. I need a break, but only in soccer.
4: That's the key. There are up 450 soccer matches. If you go to flashscore.com, there's so many. So he has to look at all of them because if you don't kind of glance, out them, and you got to know the names of the teams. We can't pronounce the names he's given us, so now it's minus 340, and it doesn't happen in the first half, so now it's minus 170. And so it goes from minus 340 to minus 170 to uh, even money, which means you bet a dollar, you get a dollar, then it's up to two to one, then it's three to one. Well, what's happening is the odds are perpendicular to the time left in the game, right? The less time left in the game, the harder it is for them to do what he needs them to do, so the odds are up Son of a gun, I've seen him give me a winner where we won with 10 minutes of extra time when the guy came out before and he said there will be 8 minutes of extra time. And they played 10 because the rule is, it's really not a fixed number. You get to finish how you play. So, if the ball's down in my end, we're in a dangerous attack, they let you keep going and, and this was of guys, they went for 2 minutes and I got a goal and it was like 16-1 or 12-1 to one or something like that. The
5: biggest that I've hit besides the Buffalo Bills game on soccer is 40 to 1. 40 to 1 with seconds left. Could you imagine the sweat coming down? All that money put on that 40 to 1? Jazz knows on the Bills game that I got 25 to 1 and on a Cleveland game and in the NFL, but we've even surpassed that on the soccer at 40 to 1.
4: Now don't get me wrong. When you lose betting that way, you lose a lot. You lose for the whole game because they don't do what they're supposed to do. So you got to have the bankroll.
5: The largest bet somebody has made my play is my lady friend last week she started with a small bankroll, but last week she found the Manchester City game that they played against Real Madrid, she put a 100,000 Manchester City to score a goal.
4: If he gives you over a half which he does quite often, you gotta have to write book, you can't even get to bet in. He's from Greece, he's in Canada. he's betting with European books. They treat it so differently than we do over here, which is kind of common. Americans, we always do it better. Now we're better at sports books. they've been doing it for a long time over there. In England, one corner is a mustard shop. One corner, you buy your cheese, and the other corner is a
0: buck. It's a perfect neighborhood. And then we're going to go to Hockey. Give me the Vegas Knights. They're at home. I actually am going to take the puck line. I think money line is going to be a play as well, but I'm also going to sprinkle on the puck line. You're going to get minus 1.5 at plus 180. Some spots, 170. Should be a tight game either way. They've been the better team for pretty much every period, but I'll go two periods in game four. They were probably kind of trying to find their eyes. Their They've been the better team every other stretch of the way here. Ottinger just is, a, I think, is a really good goalkeeper. Hasn't been his best. Probably gets to start again off a good overtime game. Last time out, they needed that overtime. They needed that goal. That city now kind of believes. they have done it. 3-0. It's happening in hockey more than anything. I think the Knights are the better team. I think they're the faster skaters. They are the more physical skaters. And I actually like their defense a lot better. And they've actually done a really good job with who's in, who's in between the
5: pipes. I like what you guys said. Who's going to win the Stanley Cup? Even when they were playing the Leafs and I was wrong and you were correct. The Florida Panthers. I'm going to put money on Florida to win the Stanley Cup. good on. or 3.6 so on a thousand i'm making three thousand six it's worth the risk it's worth the risk because if you look at florida they've taken out boston they took out toronto they took out carolina and four and from the other side you got vegas and you got dallas vegas got no goaltending so you got the edge there in florida you said that florida was a team of destiny and so far, you've been correct. You've been correct there. You've been correct in the NBA about Denver. I'm gonna put money on Florida. Wes,
4: I think he's with Nevada, so he's able to hook up future bets and side bets. So he's been betting all along parlay. So if you like the second half, if you like Mission, Michel- no, oh, I won't say that name. <laughs> oh
3: no, you know, Wes would never yeah. do that.
4: Say in the second half, he was betting Miami again. Well, what would happen is he would also do a parlay Miami to Florida. Well, he did it like 26 times. He's got 26 freaking parlays live with. Florida. They're it going to be following him over the next couple weeks.
5: Really big game. The Boston Celtics. You guys so far have been head on. When you called Denver, you, you said exactly what you said. Denver was going to beat Phoenix easily and go to the finals. Line opened up. Boston Celtics 1.71, Miami Heat 2.36, and Boston is minus three. I think Boston's going to win tomorrow again.
0: It would be kind of crazy, and I hate Boston. I hate <laughs> the Boston teams. They would own three of, I would say the biggest ever comebacks. They would have the Boston Red Sox against the Yankees and that. That Yankees team was a super team. That wasn't just an eighth seed Miami Heat. That was a super team that they just found away. The 28-3 Super Bowl, and and then they would have the only NBA. So it's something I want Boston to have. So I'll be betting heavy that it doesn't happen. I've been on the Heat all series. I'm not going to lie. I'm not one of those never-worried Heat fans. I'm not even a fan, but I'm worried. After being up 3-0, giving back-to-back games and not really inspiring fashion, this is it for them. They cannot go to game seven. I'm going to believe that Jimmy Butler is going to give us what he gave us games 1, 2, and 3. I'm going to believe K. Lamar continues to play well. I'm going to believe Gabe Vincent will be back in the lineup. Maybe a Jimmy Butler situation versus the Knicks where they kind of kept him out game 2 after being up 3-0, 3-1. Maybe gave him a little day rest here with, with Vincent. I think he'll be back. I think they may have Harrow back. I'm going heat to win the game. I think they win the series, but I also know that if they don't win this game, they will not win the series. I've also looked at the Celtics shoot 18 threes a couple games ago, 16 threes the last game. I don't know if they can continue to at a crazy pace and the better three-point shooting team throughout the playoffs has been the Heat so I'm gonna get back to the old tricks plus 130 on the money line I'll take them straight up not worried about anything give me the Heat close the series out give me the Knights close the series out and we got two finals matchups ready to go for the NBA and the NHL is
4: this a situation where the better team is now just a better team and they're gonna be the next few
3: games they are definitely the deeper team on paper it's just again Miami is still better than your average 8th seed though I can't imagine them scoring under 103 games in a row yeah I, you said that
4: but you know what happened I looked and I went back and I looked at the last time they did it and guess what they did it again so I went back and I looked and I said no three times they had scored under a hundred twice they rebounded but the third time back they did 93 93 or something like that back-to-back games so I think I'm coming back with the Miami Heat team total over again
5: My first play, we're going to start with English soccer. I think it's the finale week. I like Manchester United to win. And I also like goals to be scored in this game. I see goals since it's the last week. My play of the week, this is the play everybody's putting the money on this week. It's Leicester City to score a goal over 0.5 goals. Play number three, Liverpool to win. Play number four, Arsenal to win. My final play, which is a very nice odds play. Odds 2.5, Tottenham to win. That's what I like this week for the finale in the English soccer. You
4: know what's nice about that is I know I can get most of those bets in. The Leicester game, I can't get that bet in. What I'll probably be able to get in is over one and a half. It's not the same bet. You get a goal when you have over a half, it's over. The game's over. You have won. You've moved on with your life. Let's do some trivia. In America you know what the number one sporting event for attendance is in this country it's the indy 500 that's not the trick part of the question uh-huh. The trick part is, you know what the second most attended
3: day is? It's got to be one of those major horse races.
4: Time trials for the Indy 500.
3: Wow. No, I would not have thought that by any means. Especially with all those college football stadiums of over 100,000 people.
4: And those are just the time trials to see where you end up seeing it. So here's what I did. I found the list of the odds. And then I started with the first guy and I went all the way down to about halfway down the list. And what I was looking at is, have they been on the pole position before? Where are they in the lineup? Where have they been before? Have they won before? There's a lot of these guys in this race that have won this race before. You win this race, it's a special, special thing. You're treated like a royalty. You won the Indy 500. That's a big deal. In the bars that I go to, nobody would even recognize you. Went one at a time, and what I found was, This kid that's on the rail, Alex Palau, he's the favorite. He's on the pole, but he set the record. The kid looks to be a good race car driver. Then I went out and said, well, let me look at all his Indy 500s. Well, he's only had four because some of these guys that are in the... Second spot, the Pato Awards, Scott Dixon, Sato. They've been around a while. Some of them won 2008. I'm assuming race cars driving beats the crap out of your body. So I got two guys, and the next guy is a long shot, Santino Ferrucci. And the reason I got him is the same reason I got the other guy. They have finished every single one of their four or five runs in the 500 so far in the top 10. You know what? If you're in the top 10 at the end, you got a shot to win the race. So that's what I'm doing. And what I'll do is I'll spread it out, so I'll bet twice as much on the 6-1 to one guy as I will on the 14-1 to one guy. I got number 10, Alex hello, and then Santino is 14. Now, somewhere out there, there's also a sportsbook where you can bet that exact that they run exactly 1-2. You win a load of money if that happens. I've been known to do two hours of shows a week. Two hours of shows takes a lot of work, to, especially yes. if they're not live. I can't wait to go back to live action on Thursday nights when we start sports betting weekly again. We were really good at it. Hockey's in its uh, first, second month of the season. I got John and, and Les, and the three of us are just looking for opportunities and hopping on Alright, so I got Sunday. There's two games. They start late, which is important for me because when they start at 9, that means half time's at 10.30, our time out here. But that's when church starts. Two weeks in a row, I'm in the pew, and the guy's singing up there, and it's still not half time's over. So it's getting delayed. Sometimes it's because it's Somebody gets hurt, or sometimes they score a lot of points. Whatever the reason is, church is starting. I still don't have the second half line. I'm getting nervous. But what happened this week? The game's 11-30, so I'm good. Now, we've got Houston at Memphis, and then at 5.30 Eastern time, Michigan at New Jersey. So that's 2.30 your time. And i got a paragon. If you go to sportsfightingweekly.com, stop three. This is the third time that I've dumped some stuff out of my brain. So what do I know? I know that Houston scores less than three straight games, which doesn't mean a thing, but it's relative to the numbers you could be going from 45 to 43 to 41 and you're technically scoring less for three straight games but that's not usually the case with this one and it isn't what do we got for houston 26 points a game that's not bad memphis is averaging 19 points a game memphis has been allowing last every game The defense is getting much better on defense i got memphis allowing just 200 yards passing the game and so what I do is I try to match up your weakness with my strength and when I find a team that likes to pass against a team that likes to give up passing I'm looking it over but in this game I was leaning on the other 42 half. so I got put in the first game Sunday later it's Michigan at New Jersey that line is 39 New Jersey is minus seven because I have the easy sports data I have every single game so I just said okay show me every single game in terms of the point spread and I looked at six points or more if teams were getting six points or more in the usfl this year they are seven and two against the spread so that means they may not be winning the game but they're not losing by six but this team is really really terrible i'm going with the under again i'm going to take both favorites on sunday and the under. That's my goal. Try to hit a four-teamer. I'll probably go a little heavy. But then remember, that second-half action is really, really important. And I'll give you a quick two-second half. For the youth in game, in the second half, they allow 10 or less in three straight. And in the second half, Memphis is scoring less. So at halftime, you're going to bet Houston in that game. In the second half, Michigan is scoring 10 or less in four straight. New Jersey is allowing 10 or less. So I'm taking either other an under for the second half there or New Jersey. We'll see how it plays out. That should keep them busy Sunday. Uh-huh. Car
3: racing and football.
4: Remember, when you bet two different guys in the Indy 500, you can't win them both. There's no dead heat. The horses, you can win that way. I've won that way. We're both your horses tie for first, and you need to catch both tickets.
5: Did you guys watch this week at Jet practice? Iron Rodgers showing up for the voluntary.
3: Yeah, for the first time in like seven years, yeah.
5: I'm starting to see that the Jets might even go to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised. Buffalo's in decline. Which team could actually beat them with Aaron Rodgers? And I checked that out. And the Jets' defense is actually pretty good. The company that makes Super Bowl trophies is moving to Kansas City. So they don't have to pay for shipping. The Kansas City game is on week 4 There exactly, we'll know what the Jets are really made of.
4: Well, let's not forget how good at one point the Jets and Giants record were last year. At one point they were like 14
3: and 12. Yeah, they were both 7 and 3 at the same time. The Giants, I don't really like them much. I'm a Giants I fan, Jets I have my doubts better. too, yeah. I think the Jets are a much better team than the Giants.
5: All gentlemen? Always be casting Always a pleasure, guys, speaking with you. Good luck this weekend. I'm looking forward to uh, the NFL. We're almost there. Just two months ago. Always a pleasure. Reno Johnny here,
0: Vegas Insider. You can find all my plays over there at VegasInsider.com. Check me out. My Twitter, Reno underscore Johnny, J-O-N-N-Y.
2: Chaz and his boy. Always be cashing. You should be cashing. And if you're not cashing, you're not betting. And that's what you need to do. If you're a better, you should be listening to this segment. I'm telling you guys, these guys have been over 80% since they started with us. It's almost two years. Just imagine that. Two years of betting on this show and giving you winners. You guys would be up 80% if you took the bets and bet on their picks. Listen to Paolo's picks last week. He was fantastic. It's really great. If you like soccer, they all specialize in something or multiple things. They're really fantastic.
3: Always a fantastic variety of sports that they bring in. We had some boxing you doing last week. Yes, and I was right about that. Soccer of Paolo, especially all across the world, does a fantastic job. At West, John, Jonathan, Hector, all the guys we've had on, and of course, Chaz, fantastic.
2: When we come back some MLB, yes, ladies and gentlemen, Clark Schmidt is the latest New York Yankee caught with 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 a substance on his finger, is Aaron Judge looking one way and looking the other? I think people are nuts, but hey, if he's stealing signs, it's been going on in baseball for a very, very long time. And Luis Savarino says he doesn't like the idea of having robot umpires. Well, Luis, you've been out of baseball for a little while, so deal with it. When we come back, we'll get into that here on The Weekend Crunch. (laughs) Little Snoop Dogg. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is The Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, Killers Not Show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Check out the Worldwide Sports Radio website by going to worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Sports Live with me and Speedy Beatty, which airs every single Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Listen to great content. Great guests, unbelievable, crazy callers every single week. Tune in to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network by going to WorldwideSportsRadio.com. It is getting a little bit warmer, I guess. Changing weather over and over and over again here in Long Island. New York is one of those places you just can't guess what the weather is going to be every day. It could rain, it could snow, it could be hot, it could be cold, it could just be Long Island. I don't know how I could sell Long Island to the people that have never been here before. But I could tell you this. It is beautiful in the summertime when it wants to be. When it's human and it's disgusting, the bugs are flying all over you and biting you and pissing you off. You want to hide into your house. Or a shed or something. Maybe it'll be a literal cloudy with a chance of meatballs. That's true. If you want to go to Meatball, there is a place called Meatballs out here. Do you like Meatball? I do like Meatballs. No, no, I didn't ask you if you like Meatballs. I said, do you like Meatball, the place to go and eat those Meatballs? I've never been to anything like that, but that is something worth considering. Patchog is the place to go if you want to go to Meatballs. Hey, look, I gave him a nice little uh, promotion right over there. So there you go, Patchog. Clark Schmidt, the latest Yankee in a sticky, icky position. There's a lot of controversy right now with the New York Yankees. And this sticky substance situation just keeps growing and growing and growing. Now, the Yankees were involved in another sticky substance controversy with... Clark Schmidt, And a lot of people believe that the umpires are giving the Yankees an opportunity to wash their hands and shrug it off. But if anybody's been watching baseball this year, they have been giving a lot of teams an opportunity to keep their pitchers in as long as they wash their hands. It's not just the Yankees now. With Max Scherzer screaming on the top of his lungs when he did and acting like a lunatic, obviously the umpires are going to throw him out of the game. He swore on his kids, he swore on the world, he swore on the Goodyear blimp flying in the air. Who knows what he was swearing on? But the umpires did not like how he was acting, so they threw him out of the game and they suspended him for ten. But But this has been going on forever. I've been saying this on the Sports Loudmouths. If you remember in Major League, when Eddie Harris, the pitcher, the old man himself, talking to Wild Thing, and the Wild Thing, Charlie Sheen, was sitting in the locker room and asking what he was putting all over his body, from Vaseline to snot to all different sticky substances, and he said, pretty much, I don't have the arm like you do anymore, boy. I need to use whatever I can. If I need to use spit, snot, or Vaseline, I'm going to use whatever helps me hook the ball. So, this has been going on in baseball, not just in movies. It's been going going on in baseball forever. So for anybody to sit here today and think that baseball is trying to clean up what's going on, it's ridiculous.
3: A league that has so much controversy as it is with everything. You talk about different substances all throughout existence, different types of steroids, different types of other drugs that people have been caught with. Mets fans, you remember the whole Robinson Cano situation with everything he was caught with. They try to avoid controversy by making rules allegedly stricter, at the same time try to balance it out to try to make these players happy. Now, obviously the Yankees have gotten the benefit of Clark Schmidt and Domingo Herman getting to wash their hands again, but again, those guys did not have illegal substances on them, allegedly, that we know of. Now, Herman did the second time, and that's why he got suspended. Yep. Repeat offender at that point. But they don't really have a strong grip on this kind of thing yet. Like you said, it's happened a few other times where these pitchers have been able to be told to wash their hands. There was a guy on Seattle. Seattle, Chicago. Arizona, I think, had one. Like, there's a couple other instances, but Scherzer and Herman are so far the only two that have been suspended so far. So, is that the basis they're going to have and be consistent with? That's where Major League Baseball is going to have to answer that question.
2: Schmidt, allowed three hits in over four innings before getting checked by the third base umpire. And the crew chief, Brian Onara, said that Schmidt was good to stay in the game. Domingo Herman was recently suspended for 10 games for his second violation using a sticky substance. Schmidt said the league is hypersensitive about it right now. You see... It all across the league, where guys are getting more extensive on the searches, which is completely fine. I have nothing to hide. So Schmidt is admitting that he had nothing to hide. And the fact that they found a sticky substance or whatever, it could be sweat with a little of that pine tar from the bat. I don't know what he's doing. Are you saying he's in negotiations with Michael (laughs) (laughs) Pineda? Who knows? I don't know what was on his finger. But for anybody to think that the Yankees are the only team trying to find an edge, it's ridiculous. And for anybody to sit here today and complain about, well, the Yankees have been caught not once, but twice this year. And last year, it was all about Garrett Cole, their best pitcher, who got caught with spider tap. Oh, my God. Let's call the Wolves, baby. It's ridiculous. Who knows? Maybe
3: somebody will have wolf saliva on them as their next uh, legal thing. It is ridiculous.
2: I think baseball needs to calm down. This is getting out of hand. I like the new rules. I like the pitching clock. I think it's very interesting. I do like the no shifting. I've been telling everybody that should have been... Taken out years ago. Joe Madden, he brought it to the edge of baseball. It's been around forever with Ted Williams, but he brought it to a whole nother level. When analytics start to really take over with Tampa, Joe Madden took that in his own hands, and now it's changed the league. And now, new analytics, new structure. Baseball's going to have to figure out another way to analyze certain hitters and certain at-bats for hitters because of this. Luis Severino commented about the automatic strike zone the other day, and he pretty much said during his minor league rehab start, May 10th, he told Dan Martin of the New York Post that he didn't like the automatic strike zone. Severino said he believes that hitters get an advantage with a strike zone generated by a computer. This is the first year that the automatic strike Zone is being implemented in Triple A, but has been used in other minor league baseball levels and also independent baseball leagues. Robot umpires are something that MLB projects could be a full time thing in three to five years. I understand the Luis Severino story is never going to end until the offseason when he decides to part ways with the Yankees. Because when you play for the Yankees and you say something off the field. It becomes a story. It is the New York Yankees. And the Yankee franchise, even though they haven't won since 2009, and I know because I'm a Yankee fan, they haven't won. They're always brought to everybody's radar. Every time you hear the Yankees' name, you think that the Yankees are going to find a way to make an excuse for something. Oh, we haven't won because of this. Oh, we haven't won because of that. Here's the truth. The Yankees are no longer the evil empire. They haven't been that since George Steinbrenner, Derek Jeter, Bernie Williams, Mariano Rivera, Andy Pettit, Jorge Posada, those guys... It is no longer that Yankee team. You have a new captain, an Aaron Judge, who looks at things a completely different way. And I know everybody thinks that he's looking towards other people's dugouts and stealing signs. That also has been going on in baseball forever. So for anybody to point their fingers at Aaron Judge saying he's cheating, it is ridiculous. And
3: Has anything transpired with that issue since no we haven't heard a single thing B-
2: baseball couldn't find anything you know why baseball couldn't find anything because it wasn't true
3: and because every other cheating thing that has been mentioned in the last four years since the Astros got it initially has involved technology which clearly was not in the Blue Jays dugout and clearly was not in the crowd for Aaron judge to see with a potential imposter Blue Jays fan that would be the only way that kind of thing would happen as far as the other technology that another Yankee is complaining about
2: Luis Severino you're gonna have to get used to it just like like, everyone else is getting used to the pitch clock now. It's called money. You're making a lot of it. And you're going to make a lot of it when you become a free agent next year and the Mets sign you or somebody else uh, signs you. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. His career
3: will end if he goes to the Mets. Oh. Showing
2: the way they treat starting pitchers. I believe if the Yankees decide to part ways with Luis Severino, he is going to the Mets. I don't believe he's leaving New York. The Mets need pitching. He's still young. He's a power pitcher. He would work very well in that Citi Field Stadium as far as the way he throws the ball. I think it's very... Very likely that's where he ends up being. I know a lot of people don't want to hear, and maybe Mets fans don't want to hear, that a Yankee's going to the Mets. It's quite possible, and it probably will happen. Steve Cohen loves the Yankee players, as he already came out and said that he doesn't want to take any players away from the Yankees. But if the Yankees are letting him go, why wouldn't Steve Cohen bring in Luis Severino? It makes a lot of sense for the Mets. They need young pitching. So, I understand that pitchers are complaining about the pitch clock, and they're complaining about this, and they're complaining about that, and they don't like the umpires doing this, and they don't like the umpires doing that guess what you're making a lot of money and you are putting fannies in the seats so find a way to hit the ball. Find a way to deal with the pitch clock. Find the way to deal with the umpires and just shut up. That's all I want to see you guys do. Shut up and play the game. That's all I want to see. Max Scherzer
3: should learn that because he's already had three different instances of it all season. So if they end up signing Luis Severino when he hits free agency, like you're saying, they'll have a nice dynamic duo of pitchers that love to complain. Luis Severino with the robot umps, which seem inevitable. Will it be three to five years? Maybe. I don't know. But it'll be sometime in his career, probably,
2: unless he retires early just because he doesn't want to do When we come back, some NFL conversation. Yes, the Jets, oh my God, are linked to both DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans. What are they thinking if they bring one of these guys in? Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard suffer minor injuries. Guys, relax. Nothing's going to happen. Aaron is still on the practice field. He's still running with the team. Stop it. Stop with this jinx. I don't want to hear it anymore. He's fine. Brian Dable says he won't talk about contracts with Saquon Barkley. Well, if you don't want to talk contracts with Saquon Barkley, then I guess trade him. Because if you're not going to do what he wants you to do, then just get rid of him. I don't understand this. When we come back, we'll get into that here on The Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Weekend Crouch. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host. Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time Only on 103.9 the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Check out the Worldwide Sports Radio website by going to www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all the shows throughout the week. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, our shows are live. All you have to do is go to our website. You can check out all the listings of the shows, including the Sports mouths with me and Speedy Petey, every single Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Thursday. at 9pm. Great content, great shows, great guests. Listen to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network every single week by going to www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Well, 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 why not get into some football? And the lead stories always seem to come from the Jets. It is not the Giants. No more. It is Aaron Rodgers. Yes! New York's own Aaron Rodgers. As everybody can't wait until the season and find ways to make this a sticky OTAs. As Aaron Rodgers hurts his calf and everybody is crying. Oh, oh my God. Classic Jets. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> this season's over. Oh, my God. Alan Lazard. here hit himself. He's out for the season. He gets pulled off the field. And then the next day, he speaks to the press, and he relays the answers of what really happened to him as he was kicked in the Nads. Yes. Draymond Green signed with the Jets? I didn't know that. (laughs) That, ladies and gentlemen, is what happened to him. His nuts were sore. That is what happened to Alan Lazard. As far as Aaron Rodgers is concerned, he is going to have some nicks. That's what happens. He is 39. He is going to be 40 this year. I am 41. Every day I hurt my ankle, my toes, my fingers. I'm in good shape. It happens. Are we going to cry about this all season long? The guy played with a broken thumb last year. He didn't sit out. He wasn't Russell Wilson. Oh, I need a a finger surgery. Give me a break. It was his throwing hand, too. He still played. Does anybody believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to sit out at any point this season when he has something to prove because he hurt his calf? Come on, guys. The only time Aaron Rodgers will sit out is if he breaks a collarbone, hurts his ribs where it's broken and he can't breathe, or he's sniffing out blood or he tears his ACL or MCL or his Achilles. If none of those things happen to him, Aaron Rodgers will be limping on the field playing football. So for all you crybabies out there, for anybody that's going to sit here every single day wondering, is this the day Aaron Rodgers goes down? Well, guys, I don't know what to tell you. All you Jet fans, I am a Jet fan. I'm not going to sit here and worry about some hex, some jinx that our buddy Broadway Joe gave to the Jets when they won Super Bowl three, Because it doesn't exist. Jinxes don't exist. Here's what they need to do. They need to shut up and let the guy get warmed up, get ready for the season, and again, he will have some nicks. But he will go out there and he will put on a show with this team. This team is as talented as a Jet team we've seen since Super Bowl three. So stop it!
3: And also that team was underdogs too. This team is going to be significant favorites like we were saying. Top
2: six, top seven! Right, right yeah. now on Vegas
3: I think they're sixth. They're 6 they They've been sixth since Aaron Rodgers was traded over there right before the draft and it's been pretty steady in that point of what their betting odds have been to win the Super Bowl. We've seen 12-1, to 14-1, 10-1 depending on what site you're on because the Jets are loaded with homegrown own and well-rounded talent throughout their roster. Aaron Rodgers got a minor injury. Guess what? This is the first time he actually showed up at OTAs since 2015.
1: Unbelievable.
3: Think about all the injuries that Aaron Rodgers has had. They've been minor except for the two. The collarbone injury in 2017 was bad and then the 2013 one was a leg injury. I think he missed about half the season but guess what he just still did? He still came back in the final game of the season and beat the Bears to win the division. Amidst all that he threw that great touchdown to Randall Cobb who's now a New York Jet as well and they ended up winning the division. They lost in the playoffs, but that's how you could tell Aaron Rodgers is committed to the game still as far as Alan Lazard, yeah, minor injury you're not going to judge that kind of thing right now the Jets fans just like to overreact, and national media is going to overreact with the combination of loving to hate on Aaron Rodgers and loving to hate on the Jets
2: he wants to be here, anybody that didn't believe that he wanted to be here, he wants to be here, he's been to every single practice, he's the first person on the field, and he's last to leave so for all you fans out there thinking that this is some hoax He's some Brett Favre wannabe that wanted to come here to win a Super Bowl because nobody wanted to trade him to the team that he wanted to go to, which everybody thought he wanted to be a 49er, which was untrue. Brett Favre wanted to be a Minnesota Viking, but Green Bay was not going to give him the opportunity to go where he wanted to go. What they did is they sent him where he didn't want to go. Aaron Rodgers wants to be here. He's been wanting to be here. For anybody that is going to cry anymore about this guy, let's step away from it. Let's breathe. (sighs) Sigh. Sigh. Let's meditate. Let's think for a second, guys. Let's stay in the clear. If you're a Jet fan, please relax. Breathe. There's a lot of football that is going to be played this year with the great Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to win a Super Bowl? Who knows? Is he going to take the Jets to the AFC title game? Who knows? What I do believe, and I will sell this, this year, he will win over 10 games. He will get this team in the playoffs this year. No question. If this team stays healthy and keeps him healthy enough to stay on the field, Aaron Rodgers will get this team in the playoffs. So stop it. I don't want to hear it anymore. As we hear, the Jets are linked to DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans. I don't want him. I do not want DeAndre Hopkins, especially when he came out and gave a mention of five quarterbacks he would love to play with. Lamar Jackson, that's not happening because they have Odell Beckham. Josh Allen, that's not going to happen because Stephon Diggs wants to see the ball more than anybody and everybody. Patrick Mahomes, they won a Super Bowl. They didn't even have half their wide receivers. They traded for a wide receiver at the trade deadline with the Giants last year. Oh, thank you. So so that's not going to happen. Jalen Hurts. They made a trade last year in the first round of draft, added A.J. Brown. Do you really believe that Jalen Hurts, and I would call them the Philadelphia Bulldogs, need a guy like DeAndre Hopkins? The answer is no. It makes sense that the Chargers could be the lead team to get him, but I don't know if he's going there either.
3: Yeah, they also have two big-bodied receivers on that team already. And Hopkins, who's older, Arizona kind of uses him as just the big-bodied red zone threat. The Jets already have enough tight ends. They already have Corey Davis. They who's do probably not
2: need him. They do not need Mike Evans. And what are they going to give up for Mike Evans? Mike Evans, you're going to have to trade at least a second-round draft pick for him because they don't have a first next year because Aaron Rodgers is going to play at least 65% of the snaps. So are they willing to give up a second-round draft pick for a guy like Mike Evans? No. And you have to pay him. You haven't even paid Quentin Williams. So why would you take on another contract and have to overpay for a wide receiver, which you do not need? It doesn't make sense. None of this makes sense. If the Jets do this, they look like a foolish team. Mike Evans' cap hit this year alone is 23.6. It million. doesn't make sense. So that's what you should be
3: paying Quentin Williams. Quentin Williams will get a little more than that, obviously, but that's going to be a huge majority, 80, 90% of what you're going to have to pay Quentin Williams spent on a wide receiver that had a down year for his standards. Why
2: would the Jets do this? They have to pay Quinn and Williams over $25 million. Does this make any sense? You have Aaron Rodgers, which you're going to have to pay him $59 million that you owe him, and he's probably going to take less this year and probably spread it out for three years, which will probably not be a part of the organization which spreads out two or three years down the road. And then they got to pay their big superstar defensive lineman in Quinn Williams. This is not happening, guys. And anybody that's going to sit here and say, we need a guy like Mike Evans or we need a guy like Deion Andre Hopkins, you guys are out of your damn minds. The Jets do not need him. The Giants could use him. I think the Giants could use Mike Evans. They can use DeAndre Hopkins. Are they going to be willing to do that? The Giants don't have the money to do it. How does anybody believe the Jets have the money to do it? I would do it
3: at a reduced price,
2: at a reduced value. It's I would go the... after Mike Evans. If yeah. they had a chance to get Mike Evans for a
3: second rounder, I would do it in a heartbeat. See, the problem is I think the Giants are not in that predicament either where they could afford to give second round picks. Because we've seen a lot of also older skill players last year really fall off. we see a lot of running backs, like you were saying, in trade rumors already this offseason. Austin Eckler, it looks like he's going to be able to stay with the Chargers, but some of these other ones and maybe not Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry. These guys are not staying with them. And same thing with the wide receivers. So many of them had bad years last year, including Mike Evans. I, am I going to trade a second-round pick for that? I don't know if I would do that. Maybe if the value gets lower and the Bucs can't trade him, but it doesn't make a lot of sense right now where the Giants are.
2: Well, Brian Dable says he won't talk contracts with Saquon Barkley. So what does this spell for the Giants now? What it spells to me, it says that they need to trade him. Because they need to get whatever they can back for Saquon Barkley right now. Because you don't know if he's going to get hurt this year. And then he becomes a free agent next year. And you're not franchising him. You're definitely not because you're franchising him now. So there's no way they're going to franchise him and pay him $20 million next year. That's not happening, guys. So Saquon Barkley goes and he goes wherever he wants next year, and you get nothing for him. So, if you can't sign him now, then you decide, hey, maybe we trade him to Tampa. They need a running back. Maybe we trade Saquon to Tampa for Mike Evans. I think that's a fair deal. One for one, if you're willing to pay the younger wide receiver, then you pay the wide receiver. They need to do something and get something for him, because sitting here and waiting on what this team and Joe Shane is going to do at the running back position makes no sense. There are still quite a few good running backs that are available right now. Zeke could be a guy... You can pay five, six million. He knows the division. Maybe the Giants bring him in. He's not Saquon Barkley, but he'll still give you about 900, 2,000 yards. He'll clean up what you need to clean up at that position. It's a fill-in position, and that's all you're filling in. You're filling in a guy that'll be there for a year, and then you draft a guy. Or you decide to go after Kareem Hunt or somebody of that magnitude. You need to do something because you have a disgruntled player like Saquon Barkley that deserves the money. He absolutely deserves it. The Giants have not paid him a contract since his rookie deal. And that's not fair to Saquon Barkley. This guy is deserving after the season that he had last year. So what I would do is I would ask Saquon, give me your top three teams you want to go to. And then you start to balance out what you can get from those teams. Either draft picks, or maybe you trade him for a guy. And you're trading a contract for a contract. That's the way I'd go if I was the Giants. Right, and they
3: really dug themselves in a deep hole because it kind of was evident for a while that Joe Shane wanted to prioritize is bringing back Dexter Lawrence and signing Daniel Jones, and Saquon Barkley was going to be, all right. we'll deal with it later if we're able to, type thing. Now, I think the Giants were able to do well in terms of certain other things. Drafting well, they got rid of Kenny Galladay's contract. They did a lot of other good things to help that, but at the same time, Saquon Barkley still the relationship they've had trouble with, and at this point, it's going to be hard for them to get any kind of value. Like you said, maybe they could do it for a veteran wide receiver like a Mike Evans. Could that work? Maybe, but I wanted them to be able to trade for a younger receiver, a receiver they could develop, including Him in a deal with some draft picks before the draft, and then you build on that because young wide receivers have developed very quickly in today's league, and you need that kind of thing, especially in Dable's offense. He didn't win Coach of the Year for nothing last year. He won Coach of the Year by scheming up good schemes with no-name wide receivers, smaller guys. Imagine what he would have done with somebody younger too. So, I think the Giants really dug themselves a hole here. They're going to have to go running back by committee if they trade Saquon because I don't think they're going to get another running back back, and maybe they have to settle for a veteran at this point. I wouldn't mind Kareem Hunt at like a six million, seven million a year, but they really dug themselves a deep hole. What they could have had
2: when we come back we'll get into some nhl conversation as the panthers advance to the stanley cup it looks like the las vegas knights are going too. when we come back the stanley cup finals are on the way nhl conversation and karenstein here on the weekend crunch we are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, and my co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time. Only... On one hundred three point nine, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Check out the Worldwide Sports Radio website by going to www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Sports Loudmouths. Me and Speedy PD—it's our show. Wednesdays at seven PM and Thursdays at nine PM. It is a great show, guys. You like the guests? I'm telling you, best guests on the market. Great content. Great. Crazy callers. Everybody gets involved in the show. And we let everybody get involved with the show. So definitely stay tuned. Listen to the Worldwide Sports Radio every single week by going to www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Before we get into crunch time, the NHL has been so fun to watch. It really has. And there's so much to say, but so little to get out on what an extraordinary year the Florida Panthers had. For a team that barely made the playoffs, we're last two weeks out of the playoffs and snuck into the playoffs getting hot, Matthew Kachuk being one of the main reasons why they got hot at the end of the season, and then doing what they have done, knocking off the Boston Bruins, the team of the century, where they had the best goaltender, one of the best goalie seasons, Omar put up with the numbers, and then the team winning the President Trophy and breaking records with the trades that they made at the trade market. The way they completely threw around the Boston Bruins was sensational. Then moving into the second round and doing what they did in the second round to a Toronto Maple Leafs team that a lot of people thought made the second best moves at the trade deadline and this was their year finally they got out of the first round and then they bumped into a chainsaw Florida Panther team and then the Carolina Hurricanes where being that you saw the Boston Bruins get eliminated everybody thought that Carolina was going to go all the way to the Stanley Cup championship and then they walked into a killing Panther team that just completely ran all over them swept them not only am I going to congratulate Paul Maurice for what he has done this year for this team and as the coach of the Florida Panthers. The wave of craziness that's happened this past year and then going on all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. It's a sensational story. Congratulations to a great season for Florida Panthers. Win or lose in the Stanley Cup Finals. It's a sensational year. The last time we've seen something like this with the Panthers was 96 with Van Piesburg against the Colorado Avalanche and the 96 Patrick Waugh Colorado Avalanche. Year of the Rats. Yeah, I remember it. And now they're rebirthing it again here in 2023
3: with an 8-seed. We don't see many 8-seeds go to the Stanley Cup Finals as it is. The Kings won it as an 8-seed. We saw Nashville do it they made the finals in 2017 and then the Canadians were the lowest ranked team in the weird shortened season and they ended up making it two years ago but Florida this was a team that barely got in like you were saying because Pittsburgh lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets of the Chicago Blackhawks at the end of the season if that doesn't happen they're not in the playoffs mm. as weird as that sounds and this was a team that had no bark off for about half the season and all these goalie injuries that really plagued them and like you were saying took it to so many good teams Boston probably the best top line in hockey on paper Toronto an offensive juggernaut their defense played insane their forwards defense Defense played insane. And then Sergei Bobrovsky, what a clinic he put on mm-hmm. in that Eastern Conference finals against the Carolina Hurricanes. So the Hurricanes got a lot of good shots and a lot of good scoring chances. And Bobrovsky turning back into the brick wall that he was in Columbus when he was one of the best goalies in the league. Uh,
2: it's been fantastic to watch and very well deserved. And I think they should and they will win the Stanley Cup, whoever they play out of the Western Conference. Dallas wins on Thursday night. They were down 3 0. I called it. And I think they lose in game five. I do believe Vegas is moving on and they will play the Florida Panthers, two teams that Florida be an expansion team in 94 and not winning a Stanley Cup and haven't been back in the Stanley Cup final since 96. And then Vegas, their first year, they went all the way to the Stanley Cup with your boy, Gerard Gallant, uh-huh. and then gets fired. But I think this is an opportunity for Vegas to get back where they were a couple of years ago and maybe finish the deal. But they're going to run into another buzzsaw, a team that is not going going to just let them win, and they proved that this year, and if anybody could beat the Vegas Knights, it is the Florida Panthers and what they have done so far in the playoffs. They beat, to me, the three best teams in the Eastern Conference this year, and they didn't just beat them. They tore them apart. They ripped them apart. You saw what they did to Toronto. They swept the Hurricane.
3: They were down 3-1 to one against the Bruins. They've only lost one game one. since.
2: the One against Toronto. That yep. was that's it. It's unbelievable. This run that they're doing is just fantastic. It's great to watch. It's something that you don't really see, and that just shows you the greatness of the NHL player. Going back to the Western Conference,
3: you're seeing Vegas' depth really show, especially on the defensive yep. side of the puck in this series against Dallas. Dallas
2: got Jason Robertson
3: going in the beginning Their of the series. Their goaltender, Hill, is having a great... Aiden Hill yeah. was fantastic, who mm-hmm. was a backup full of Sharks forever, too. Like mm-hmm. He wasn't even a starter on these other teams. This is what
2: happens. Yeah. Hot goalie.
3: Rangers fans listening, we saw with Pittsburgh do it a lot, and we've seen these other teams. The Blues did it with Jordan Biddington, mm-hmm. who wasn't the starter all year. And sometimes that ends up happening, but Vegas also has a very good defense as well. Probably the deepest defense left of the four conference finals teams, and they're showing it here and they're doing a great job besides Robertson they're taking out that Dallas top line with Domi, Rupe Henson, Pavelski Pavelski scored the OT winner in game 4 but besides How that they've been Pavelski. shut down 38. He might surpass Sidney Crosby for the most active playoff goals at the rate he's going he's had a fantastic playoffs, but this series has been shut down and Vegas they can play in so many different styles and it's showing
2: Hall of Famer Pavelski he will go to the Hall of Fame one of the greatest offensive players to ever come out of the United States especially at this time he's just found a way to put the puck in the net kind of like Dino. Cicerelli was he was a guy that would just get in front of the net and deflect pucks and do the things that he did but Pavelski is a better prolific offensive player so it's an unbelievable story all right Speedy let's go all right it's time for crunch time
0: it's time for crunch time
3: all right we'll start crunch time in the NBA buy or sell if LeBron James gets traded it will be somewhere other than the Cavaliers
2: I'm gonna buy it because there's a lot of teams out there that are looking for that one other player that one other option and if LeBron wants to win a championship I could see maybe the Knicks maybe the Hawks maybe Dallas going to play with Luka Doncic I could see Mark Cuban doing something like that Luka is looking for that other superstar LeBron and Luka in that backcourt I, I could see that happening so I'm gonna buy it
3: I'm gonna sell it. I actually think Cleveland makes a lot of sense they have the two backcourt players already but they're probably gonna have to trade Darius Garland in that deal to make that happen anyway and I think the Cavs have enough young pieces to make it work I think there's other teams with a lot of question marks still and LeBron always loves in Cleveland, so I don't know if the Lakers trade him, but I think if they do it will be to the Cavs. I am going to sell it. right, by or sell, the Yankees will have at least two more instances of sticky substance violations this season.
2: I'm going to sell it. I think the Yankees have learned their lesson and everything that's gone on over the last couple of weeks. Baseball is just shining a camera on them and trying to find everything wrong with them. So I think the Yankees are going to sit down with the players. Aaron Boone, Brian Cashman is going to try to close this Sticky substance situation. For good this year. So I am going to sell it.
3: Yeah, I'm going to sell it too. I think this is a, a situation where the Yankees, once somebody else gets disciplined harder, I think it might happen one more time, but I don't think you're going to no, see it I anymore. Don't think it. Clark Schmidt is also somebody too that's been struggling as it was throughout the season. So he maybe tried to get an edge that way. And I don't really see any other veteran guys or more experienced guys doing that. You're not going to see that with Garrett Cole, especially, yeah. and also Carlos Rodon So I'm going to sell that one as well. Arthur Staple reports that Peter LaViolette is now
2: the favorite to be the head coach of the Rangers. Buy or sell, that will be the case. Wow, that's a crazy story. Do I think it's going to happen? No. I'm going to sell it. I don't think it's BD Lafayette. I think it's Knobloch over there in the HL. I think that's who they're going to bring in. I believe Chris Trigger will bring in one of his guys, so I'm going to sell it.
3: Yeah, I'm going to sell it, too. I also think Barry Trotz over there in Nashville is going to push for somebody that's going to be an experienced coach to help them over there because they have a lot of talent that's being wasted over there, and I think Lafayette with the Nashville ties already wrongfully fired. I think they're going to make that relationship work again, so I think he goes back to Nashville. I'll sell it. All right, buy or sell. The Raiders will trade one of Devante Adams, Red. Renfro or Josh Jacobs?
2: I buy it. I think they're going to move players. I don't think any of these guys fit in Josh McDaniel's offense, so I'm going to buy it. Yeah, I'm going to buy it. I think most likely it's going
3: to be Jacobs of the three. I think Hunter Renfro's contract with the year he had last year is kind of tough to move right now. He might have to prove it in the season. You have Josh Jacobs, is a great young running back on a franchise tag right now, had a top three performance season last season, and Devontae Adams a lot of money. Will the right team be able to take that on? I don't know about that, but I think Jacobs makes a lot of sense. I'll buy it. Alright, buy or sell? Mets pros Ronnie Mauricio will be called up before the All Star break.
2: I'm going to sell that. I do not see them bringing up another young prospect until the All Star break. They already brought up three guys. The Mets are not going to rush this kid because if they rush this kid, they're going to have to pay this kid. And they have to pay a lot of kids if they stay up there. So I'm going to sell it.
3: Yeah, I'm going to sell it too. I just don't trust the Mets' operations of the way they brought up these young players. It started with Francisco Alvarez last year. They really botched that. Not having two out of four of those hitters up at the beginning of the season has really hurt the Mets in the beginning of the season, especially with some of the veteran hitters really struggling this year so they should do it but I am not trusting to do it I am going to sell it all right buy or sell no matter what the Stanley Cup matchup is we will see at least two overtime games
2: I'm going to buy it I think the NHL Stanley Cup finals are the best to watch I think it's going to be Vegas We know it's the Florida Panthers I think both teams are evenly matched Florida is the hottest team in hockey and Vegas is one of the most talented team in hockey and both goalies are hot Hill is hot and Bobrovsky has been as good as any goalie we've seen in the playoffs so I'm going to buy it I'm going to buy it too also with the style of they play both
3: teams don't make a lot of mistakes Vegas is very disciplined they were at least penalized team in the NHL in Florida is so pesky so gritty especially with their forwards I don't think you're to see these teams make a lot of mistakes yeah there's gonna be some goalie woes here and there from Vegas maybe but Brodsky might have one dud here and there in the defense but again I think you're to definitely see two overtime games because they play a lot of good defensive hockey so I am going to buy that as well all right last one the Boston Celtics will force a game seven
2: I'm going to sell it and I'm going to tell you why as good as the Celtics have looked the last two games I cannot see my Miami losing in Miami and taking this to a Game 7 because I think Jimmy Buckets and Spolstra know if this goes to a Game 7 it is over for them and this could be the first time we've seen a team come back from a 3-0 deficit. I am going to sell it. Yeah,
3: the pattern is not on their side in the NBA. The Celtics are doing everything they can to try to score enough but I just don't trust Miami's offense to be this bad that many games in a row either. they scored under 100 points each of the last two. I just can't see it this time around. I think Eric Spolstra is going to make adjustments. I think Jimmy Butler is a huge game and don't be surprised if these other three point shooters get it going again Gabe Vincent was out in game five don't be surprised if he plays and has a big impact in game six and these other shooters off the bench Duncan Robinson guys like that I think all the big impact because the Celtics do bite on a lot of double teams so I'm going to sell that as well Miami will advance to the NBA Finals
2: that's it for our show ladies and gentlemen we'll be back next week with new guests and new content as always thank you to all the fans out there the Long Island fans the New York fans the sports fans out there that keep listening to to us, We are glad to entertain you guys every single week. Keep listening to us. We love being the voices out here. And I'm telling you right now, if you haven't listened to the show and you haven't listened to Moneyline Mania and made some money off of us, boo-hoo. You better open up your pockets and start spending some money because we're willing and able to give you the content we do every single week. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all the fans throughout the country and throughout the world and here in New York that keep listening to us. Thank you to John, Bruce, and Pat for always giving us the opportunity to put out this great content for this great network at 103.9 FM. We will be back next week. And for all the fans out there, happy Memorial Day. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy it with your family, your friends, everything. Hopefully it's good weather. Good night.